0: They have a combined 12 years in the National Football League. They combine for 65 career sacks, 232 tackles, one Pro Bowl selection, and one Employee of the Month award. That's just a straight shooter with upper management written all over. It's Train and Gross on the All-AZ Podcast
1: Network. Welcome in episode sixty-one. Train and Gross, yeah. Michael Gross, Bertram Barry, Sean Crespin coming to you this evening from train station in downtown Phoenix, chilly. That's right, Phoenix, Arizona tonight.
2: Well, we keep it cool. We, we like to keep it cool. We don't we, we don't want to have the the swamp ass. You know what I mean? Like we, we got to keep it nice and, and, and chilly enough. We mm-hmm. we we get into it. It's going to be a hot one today. We got some hot takes today. But
1: well, we do, and but we live all four seasons here at train station. Oh uh, yes, we do. I mean, it's true. It is what it is. Sometimes I had to wipe down a chair the summer go. after I got <laughs> – There you go.
0: Wipe
2: down there
1: the chair.
0: Go. It's a chair. Swamp ass. too much. I'll remember not to sit in that chair next Absolutely. time. Absolutely. Hey, it hot uh,
1: in here. it's signing day. It is. Across college sports. And uh, you put something cool up on social media. Yeah, I put Bertrand up my – Bertrand Berry signing day back at uh, – Humble um, High saying, School. Humble. Not Humble. Umble.
2: Humble. Umble. Yeah, the H is silent. H is silent. Back that, in 1993, we had six guys sign D1 scholarships. And we were five and five that year.
0: How is that possible? Because okay. everybody else has got 8, nine, ten guys going to D1? Well,
2: it's just Texas football, brother. We were in Houston, and, you know, the talent pool is deep in, te- in Houston, Texas. And so our district, uh, there were – let me see. We had one national champion in the entire country in 1990, and then we had uh, – I believe we had two, because mm-hmm. North Shore wound up being a national champion, I think, at one point. So – over the years, we've we've had a pretty good representation, and uh, it, it's it, it's a lot of competition just to get out of the region of Houston, because it's a lot different than what we have here in Arizona. Arizona, there's basically Phoenix and everybody else. Mm-hmm. Phoenix has the bigger class, the the six A's, the five A's, and then the rest of the surrounding cities have the five, the four A's, the three A, two A's, and so on and so forth. So, uh, it's it's a lot different. You know, you got Houston, Dallas, Austin, San Antonio. El Paso area, all those are, are big, big, big number cities, and, and they've got lots of kids around those areas.
1: Check it out on uh, Twitter at Train Station One, and you yeah. can see a video. So the other the other guys that signed, where do you remember where they all went?:
2: So my my boy Dylan Jones, shout out to Dylan Jones. He went to Sioux Falls, and uh, my other guy, Grant Graffin Reed, uh, he went to Alabama State, Sioux Falls.
1: That gave the Arizona Cardinals Dennis Gardick. So Dennis Gardick. Si- yes. Sioux Falls is a uh, it's a hot spot. A producer. Yeah. Of, uh, of NFL quality. And players. both
2: are pass rushers. How about that?
1: And uh, we'll be keeping an eye on their careers. Keep the tradition going. And I asked you this question, and hopefully Grant doesn't mind. We're talking about him on the podcast. No, that's I'm sure right. he won't. Is he only going to play football, or is he going to try to do both
2: sports at Alabama? State? I think he's just going to play football. Okay. Because right. he's not he's not even playing baseball this, this year. Okay. For Hamilton, so he's okay. he's all in on football. So. We definitely uh, are proud of him. I was able to get over there and and uh, see him. Uh, you know, really officially sign the papers. Yeah. Uh, that's a big deal, Mike. To sign those papers, it's it's a huge deal. It's a, it's a huge weight off your shoulders. And and what I posted today, that was huge for me. And and letting my mom know that and my dad know that they didn't have to fork over money for right. me to go to school because, quite frankly, they just didn't have it.
1: Was that your mom behind you when that you That was signing? my mom. That's and cool.
2: And they, they introduced us and they brought our, our parents up after us. And so uh, we were able to – they were literally looking over our shoulders as we were signing to, to, to go to our, our college respective colleges. And, uh, 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 that was it cool. It was awesome. That, that was very cool. Yeah. Uh,
1: so check that out on Twitter. You can see B-Train back in the day. Or put Instagram.
2: His, check it out on Instagram On
1: Instagram as well, yeah. putting put his name on the dotted line. Uh, the courtesy of Coach Holtz. Um, a right. lot to get to today. Yeah. Lots and lots to get to and oh, we, we probably will we'll miss some stuff. Um, our first segment here, we're going to do a, a, a deep dive into a story that really broke late last night and into this morning. Brian Flores uh, suing the National Football League and there's so many places to go with this story. We'll get into that but also just to let you know, we will talk NFL. We'll, we've got the Super Bowl set. That's right. That's coming up in segment number two and then We'll do a, a third segment. We'll just call it a potpourri. There you because go. Because there is so much going on. You 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 put me in my place. I came in here ranting and raving
2: about Jim Harbaugh <laughs> and you like put your fist down, you're like, stop. Well no, but I mean I think it's it's always great to have different perspectives. Yeah. And so, and the one thing that we've always been able to do over the last decade is to be able to to bounce ideas off yeah. on each other and and, and be able to uh, be the calming voice for one another. So, so we'll, it, it we'll do our potpourri
1: great. section. That's right. At the, at the, uh, in the final segment. And of course, pump, pump the, the brakes and that's dad jokes. Right. Of course. And uh, if you're watching us on, uh, on uh, YouTube, you can see. That's right. He trains dressed for the occasion. If not, we'll throw a picture of his shirt out there uh, later on. So that's right. Brian Flores, this, this, like I said, the story broke last night um, and really kind of just spun into the the stratosphere today. Brian Flores uh, doing interviews on CBS this morning as well as ESPN with uh, Mike Greenberg and, you know, essentially suing the National Football League. And I thought you made a really, really good point. And there's so many ways to look at this. But Brian Flores sued Mm. the National Football League as a candidate who's an active candidate. He's not been declined by New Orleans, or Houston. Or Houston. Yes. And he, he while all this was going on, he sued the National
2: Football League. He actually sent them a message telling them that I was going to do this. So if you had any reservations, you can now speak now or forever hold your peace. So I think he's gone about it the right way. I look at Brian Flores as a man of principle, a guy that's not afraid to lose his employment in order to, to do the right thing. And I think guys like this are actually scary towards the thirty-two owners because I don't look at this as a Roger Goodell situation. Mm-hmm. I think if you look at the NFL office, there's a lot of diversity. There's a lot of uh, of women. There's a lot of people. There's a lot of minorities that are uh, that are, are employed uh, down in the in the offices in in New York. So I don't think that this is a commissioner issue. I think I this either. is squarely at the at the feet of the thirty two owners that own these teams that don't really feel comfortable hiring people that don't look like them.
1: And that's a that is a point that I think gets lost at a lot with a lot of people when you talk about professional sports. Sure. The thirty two owners run the national football. League. Yes they do. Roger Goodell does not run the
2: national football. He's their employee. League. He takes all the bullets for those guys yeah, so that they don't have to stand there and take
1: Absolutely it. he does. And um he gets you know, paid handsomely to do it too, he, he does, That's and nice. nobody's feeling bad for Roger as right. certainly, but the thirty two men, yes, I guess it's men, all men men you know, I guess, emphasis on men. no, you're right. I was thirty two white men uh, except for the except for the, the, the shots yep uh, I was I was going to give a uh, shout out to uh, the Washington com Wow, Uh, commanders. commanders. uh, I guess technically they're being run by a woman right now. But are you kidding me? You
2: had two years to come up with commanders. Yeah, that's in the potpourri section. So, but yeah, he he he
1: made he made a what? This is not an original thought on my part, but you look at it's a principled stand because here's a man who is putting his future livelihood on the line to make this point. The point is, and and the genesis of it is. Bill Belichick yeah. sent him a text yeah. three days before his interview, congratulating him on on getting a job with the Giants. With the Giants,
2: it, we, and that's a, that's a great point. We got to make sure we we note that it's the Giants, and yep. we'll get into that in a second.
1: After after uh, somebody um, already was given the job, Brian Dable. Brian Dable, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and he said he said
2: the wrong he said the text to the wrong, wrong Brian. Guy. Yeah,
1: yeah. But so, that's that's exactly what it is. But you made the point when we were talking about this before recording. Now there's a time date stamp. There there is proof fact. because we've always felt this when we talked about this in the past. Like these interviews were token they were interviews.
2: They called he called them a sham, right? right. A sham. We're yeah. going to
1: say check box. I interviewed a, yep. a minority candidate. Now we have proof that that's what the Giants did.
2: And Mike, we're looking at the Rooney Rule 19 years later because this started in 2003. Yep, it's gotten worse. Like we've actually regressed as a, as a league as far as. The opportunities for minority coaches, and Mike, I, I didn't say this before we were talking uh, during during the pre-show prep. I, I look at this, and the thing that's, that I come to the conclusion of is the black coaches in recent history, hundred years of football, and there have only been nineteen head coaches. Mm-hmm of 32 teams, and Mm -hmm. you think about the cycle of coaches that go in and out that are hired and fired, rehired, and only 19 men of color have been a head coach in the NFL in 100 years. Are you absolutely kidding I did not
0: know that number. 19. That's amazing. How is it only 19?
2: 19, and you think about the workforce is 70% black, right? And only 19 in a hundred years have held that title as a head coach. So they are good enough to play, but they're not good enough to lead, right? And that is squarely at the feet again of the NFL owners. And
1: here's the thing: when you look at the 32 men that own these football teams, and, and we, we we talk about the Rooney Rule, mm-hmm. there's two families that have been in the NFL and are looked at. I mean, you probably couldn't name the owner of some of these teams. Right. But you know who owns the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yep. The and Roonies. you know who owns the New York Giants. Yep. The Mara family. Yep. And for the Giants to be at the center of this as the team, you know, because how, how often have the Rooneys and or the Maras or together come out and gotten in front of whatever issues are in front of the NFL? Yep. And, and these, well, are, these are the guys. Like Jerry Jones is, you know, he's that Texas Maverick. Love him, hate him, whatever. He,
2: he – He's that ultimate hype man. He knows how to right. bring the money in. He knows how to get the attention of but everybody. But you
1: know when they get behind the doors of 32 owners, it's the Mara and Rooney families that, that are mm-hmm. – those are the guys. Those are like the godfather, right? right. When they yeah. come walking in. And you in. throw the
2: Hunts yeah. in there,
0: right, and the Davises and that kind of stuff. They've been around. <laughs> but
2: not the Hunt that now. The, the one that passed. Yes, yes. Lamar the previous, Hunt. yes. Lamar Hunt, right. yes. The
0: man who's got a trophy named yeah. after him. Yes. And
2: I
1: mean, and, and I, I don't want to – the Davises have longevity. The the Davises were never welcome. Mark at the Davis table. is not that guy. And, no, and not he's, he's not welcome at the that table. Guy. And look, I'm from Detroit. The Ford families own this team forever. They're not at that table. Right. No. They're not at the table. No, they're not. No, so because they hadn't
2: won it, they ain't been to a Super right.
1: Bowl. Right. It's the Maras and the Rooneys, which are the elite of those 32 team owners. Mm-hmm. But my point is, the Mara family is at the center of this.
2: Yeah, the Mara family is at the center of it. And also remember the Mara family is also one of the last teams to have a black quarterback start in the NFL for their franchise. And then you think about a black coach. When's the last black coach been at the New York Football Giants? So we talk about how they are one of the gatekeepers, but yet you look at the actions. Yeah. The actions say something completely different that's than it. what we're talking about as far as who is the most respected, but who has done the most to advance the 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 what do you what do you call it the the uh, the cause the cause yes yeah. to advance the cause they they've talked about the Rooney Rule but as far as applying it to their own franchise they've been slow and and they've drugged their feet in order to make that happen let me ask you about the Rooney Rule
0: yeah okay because two thousand three started yeah because it was it was meant to be a tool to, to put people in front of ownership or in front of GMs where maybe they have an opportunity to impress somebody, where they can tell somebody down the line, hey, I yep. interviewed this guy, and yep. let me tell you, sharp dude. You right. know what I mean? That was the idea there. But it's turned into those 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 you know sham interviews, which is yep. how that, that floor is put in, in this particular situation. Um, and if there's a guy who doesn't need, A, to be put in front of somebody to prove himself um, or to really – out of respect, should never get a sham interview. It's a guy that's coming from a head coaching position where he had the ex- success that he did mm. in a bad situation like he was. I think that's what really, really probably put this in motion is when he's like, hey, I am one of the more li- – I mean, we talked about it last week. I was saying I wouldn't let the man out the building if I had an opportunity to interview yep. him. Yep. And yep. here, And yet, here he is being used as one of those sham candidates. And I think – He's – that's really probably what pushed this forward because he's going, listen, I won back-to-back years in a situation that was hot garbage over there. And it's bigger I'm hot garbage be- the more that comes yes, out. I'm beyond being used yeah. like
2: this, yeah. and so, especially in his hometown.
0: Yeah. You know, he's to me that, That's really an what pushed this. Yes. And
2: a and son of immigrants. Yes. So I look at this and, and I've looked at the last 10 years, and here's what I conclude when I look at black coaches in the NFL. They have been made to be the fall guys for organizations that really wanted to tank but couldn't say that they were tanking. So let's look at some of the last black coaches that we've seen other than Mike Tomlin because I think Mike Tomlin stands above by himself on, on, in this little corner over yeah. here. You look at Steve Wilkes here in Arizona. Yeah. Here for a year, One year. fired, didn't have a great team. And nobody batted an eye at him getting fired. And then you bring in Cliff Kingsbury, you draft Kyler Murray, and everybody has forgotten about the fact that you actually drafted a quarterback, number 10, in that same year that you brought Steve Wilkes mm-hmm. over. You look at David Cully. Cully, the guy who hadn't had a, a, a real offer to be a head coach in 40 years of being a coach, He gets the Houston Texans job for one year. The one year, oh, by the way, that you were going to exile Deshaun Watson and you knew your team was going to stink. So this guy goes in and he outperforms what you expect him to do and you still fire him. You look at Hugh Jackson, 1-31 with the Cleveland Browns and he gets a contract extension. Why do you give a guy that goes 1-31 in his first two seasons a contract extension? Why would you do that? One, because you expected him to be that fall guy. You wanted him to have the bad record on his resume. So now you've got coaches that are fall guys who aren't going to get second jobs because now you can say, well, look at your record when you, had, when you got the job the first time. You were one in thirty-one. Who's gonna hire a guy that was one in thirty-one? Who's gonna hire a guy who was three or two and fourteen, whatever Steve Wilkes was? He's not gonna get a second job because the record says that you were two and fourteen. They don't care what the situation was here in Arizona. They don't care what the the the. the the staff was. They don't care what the, the roster was. All they're going to look at is say, nah, man, you were 2-12. We, we, we can't give you a second job. And that's, those are the type of jobs that they've been offered in the last decade, Mike.
1: And, and I'll, I'll use again. I'm from Detroit. A, a man that I think it was so disrespected is Jim Caldwell. You look at what the Detroit Lions franchise is, and I just looked it up to make sure I had it right. Jim Caldwell was 36-28 and 28 coaching the Detroit Lions. He won 57% of his football games coaching the Detroit Lions. Went to the he, playoffs. He went to the playoffs twice coaching the Detroit Lions. And when they fired him after a 9-7 and season. 9-7. Seven. Seven. What has Detroit done since then? Nothing. What did Detroit do before then? Nothing. And it was Jim Caldwell's fault.
2: Black coaches have been set up to be the fall guys for teams that want to tank. They don't want to put that record on other guys' resumes because they want to yeah. give them other chances to be rehired. If you give them a one-year deal and you don't give them anything to work with, then it's going to be awfully easy to deny them another opportunity. They're not going to get a second chance to take over a head coach of or be a head coach of another team because they can, they can always fall back on that resume. Oh, no. Two and 14, 3 and 13, one and fifteen. Nah, that, that that doesn't work. How
0: do you how, do, how does this improve? That's really what this is about, right? So because let's be honest, you you're bringing Flores is. I think this lawsuit is doing a heck of a lot more in the public eye than it will ever do in an actual courtroom because. I, where, I, I, I'm, I disagree. Not a, I'm not a lawyer but how, but how does he win when you know a guy's going to say, well, I've got the right to hire whoever I want. Like, how does he win this lawsuit?
2: I think he wins because now you've got hard, tangible evidence, which Mike just talked about. He's got timestamp information. He's got texts from Bill Belichick, the most respected coach in all of football history. I mean you mm-hmm. can basically say he's one of the best coaches of all time with all respects, you know, to, to the great ones, to, to Vince Lombardi and, yep. and you know Tom Landry, all these guys. You put six rings on the finger, then I can say you're probably the best. And if he is out there saying things and doing things that he's not supposed to do, albeit it was accident, he sent it to the wrong Brian. You get you got to figure out your text messages. I mean, right. we've all sent wrong text messages to the wrong people. So, we're not going to we're not going to crucify him for that, but the fact that he had crucial information Three days before Brian Flores could even be interviewed, he already knew how does that happen? How do some guys that have no affiliation with that organization right now have that type of pertinent information before a coach that's going in to be hired or to be interviewed for said position? Yeah. So, what
0: I think that what else does he know? Right. What comes out of that, though, in my opinion, is is the 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 Giants can get hit for not going through with the with the laid out Rooney rules and so forth. But in it's the a slap court, on the wrist, right? But in the court of law, you know, does is that a you know? I don't know
2: if they broke any crimes. You know it's, what I mean? It's not a crime but it, it's also grounds for saying that you didn't treat me fairly. I didn't get a fair share. Oh, he did not get a fair share. So yeah. to me that that's that's the that's the leg he can stand on. It's like okay, they did not act in good faith within the rules that were laid out by you guys. Sure. You were the ones that laid these rules out that we were going to interview guys and they were going to get a fair shake. You are going to have a, a, a head coach that was going to be a person of color. You were going to have a general manager that was a person of color or a female. and Then you look at an assistant. They had to have a, an offensive coordinator candidate to either be a, a minority or, you know, be somebody that that hadn't had that experience before, and so they surpassed all of that in order to hire this guy who had history with the Buffalo Bills, who who had just come over and became the general manager. So how does? But again, how how do we improve
0: this situation? Nineteen and hundred that is one of the stats I have not heard about this, and that is just well, mind-boggling. But where does it start? Because the Rooney rule ain't it. And that's what I was getting at a few minutes ago when I was going to ask you, what do you think about the Rooney rule? I got a feeling more guys walk away feeling like like Flores does today, knowing that he was just used, being used to yes. check a box. Yes. It's got to be, in my opinion, the Rooney rule is almost more
2: hurtful than it is helping at this but point. But they never had time-stamped messages that yeah. proved it. Right. In the past. Hugh Jackson never had that. Steve Wilkes never right. had yeah. that. David Culley never had that. This coach has that. Brian yeah. Flores has that. So how, how do we improve that?
0: How do we, how do we get more I think this is
1: opportunities going to put, for people? I really think that this is going to put the owners on their heels. And, again, it's it's not an NFL issue. It's no. an owner's issue. And Jerry Jones, we mentioned Jerry Jones, yeah. you know, the, the, the pitch man, whatever you want to call him.
2: The hype man, the business man. He's the business brain. He, inter-
1: he just gave an interview that dropped here, according to the t- speaking to Time staff, about 35 minutes ago. Uh-huh. And it's a word salad. He says absolutely nothing. Yeah, thank you. Because he's on his – no, but if, if it was a black and white issue, pardon that, that description, but if it was that clear where you could fix it right. – And it's Jer- not. It's not. Jerry Jones would have something to say about yeah. it. He'll let me and read this. And that's what I'm getting at. I can see it's an area, one of many, that we can do better. This area has some good attention. This is obvious if you look through that, and the league and the coaches are trying to improve there. What the hell does that mean, Jerry Jones? Right. Nothing. You might as well keep your mouth shut if that's yeah. what you're going to say. Right. But all I, yeah, I'm yeah. sorry. Go ahead. No, go
2: ahead. But all I'm going to say is all you had to do is look at the coaches that he's hired. How many black coaches have been the head coach right. of the Dallas Cowboys under Jerry Jones?
0: So do, so so when we when we look at it to improve it, are we talking? How do you improve it from the top? Okay. So how here, do you get there?
2: Here, so here's how we do it. Just like you've done. With free agency back in 1993, it has to go legal. Just like you did with the collective bargaining agreement, it has to be legal. You're not going to change the hearts and minds of these owners. That's not going to happen. These men have had it their way for the last 60, 70 years of their life. They're not changing at this point. The only way that you're going to get any kind of change in the NFL is to go through the legal system. You've got to find some way in order to put pressure on these guys to force their hands, just like you did with free agency you saw Kirk Flood did it in in baseball and then uh, Reggie White did it in football Mm -hmm. he was the guy that he's like I I should have the right to play where I want to play and you can't make me play here any longer than I want to play here so There has to be somebody that says no. Now, the thing about Reggie White is we're talking about an all-timer. They weren't going to blacklist him. They weren't going to cancel culture Reggie White because he was just too good. There was always going to be somebody that was going to need the services of a Reggie White. But you had to have somebody take a stand, have some sort of tangible evidence, and take it through the legal system. You're not changing their minds. If uh,
0: if you're an so, owner, but what? Sorry, gross. But in, in through the legal system, si- what can the legal system do? Because the way it's set up right now is, you know, if I'm a business
2: owner, so they could be, fa- hire- be found liable. They can be found liable because they circumvented the rules that they have put yes, in place.
0: Right. See, and that and that. And, and, you know, and that I unfortunately think they'll just get a slap on the wrist on, like you were saying. But well, not
2: really, though, because if you, if you because they always care about court of public opinion. You remember yes. when you had the Monday night football situation with the refs? Yep. And they had that, okay, one guy is ruling touchback and the other guy is going touchdown. Mm-hmm. They don't like it when the egg's on their face. So they're going to make rules and they're going to change them swiftly as long as they're the beneficiary. I think with this, if they lose court of public opinion, Mike, Sean – I really believe that they're going to be forced. They're going to do it begrudgingly, yep. but they're going to – okay, well, we're going to do that.
1: Here's the thing, and, and it, it, it pales in comparison to what we're talking about now, but we talked about it on a previous podcast. The NFL lost in St. Louis. The city yes. of St. Louis sued them, Yes. and the NFL's like, screw you, we're moving our team. Yes. And, and then they sued, and they're like, fine, talk to our lawyers. Was it crunky? Was it crunky? Yeah. Yeah, and, and finally, the thing got to court, yep. to your point – and what happens when you go to court? I know you're not a lawyer. Disclosure. Yeah. Let's see the books. Let's see the records. Let's yeah. see want the that. documents. They don't want that. They don't want that. All of a sudden, they wrote a check for $790 million to the city of St. Louis. So that's how that gets done. Yes. Is, is, is they Legal. sue. And that's it, right. And it goes through the process, and they have to open up their records. That's right. They call them up, and they say, Mr. Mara, we're going to depose you. We're going to put a camera in your face, just like on Law & Order on TV. That's right. And we're going to ask you questions. Tell us about the Brian Flores situation. And
2: the ironic part about all of this is the main character witness is going to be Bill Belichick, who had no real ill intent when he sent that he text just message. Just
1: congratulations to one he of his guys. He was just
2: sending congratulations to one of the. It had it been Brian Flores for real, it would have been the same text I message. Al-
0: I almost wonder if he was on a thread with somebody else and they just said, "Hey, I think we're going to hire Brian." No, I've- no,
2: no. He sent it to the wrong Brian. He's got Brian P. and he's got Brian D. Or Brian F. and Brian D. Right. So I, I think he just, you know, when you're 70, <laughs> 70 years old with with, with, with technology, mm. you're not always the best at it. I can see it. now
1: like this. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, no. Based on his response, like, yeah, I, I yeah, blanked this, this up. up. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, and then, and then he initialed it. So it, yeah, he couldn't BB. even – BB, <laughs> you can't even have plausible deniability. You can't say it wasn't me. Bb, right there. Make sure that issue. Yeah. I don't so, even. And why would he even care?
0: Because it's not his team that's getting busted. Well, it's not his you team, what what I
2: mean? but he the, he's going to have to come up with They're all of his the text team, messages. But yeah. to that point,
0: if it goes all the way to
1: to, to B. Train's point, here's my here's who we're going to depose today: uh, Bill Belichick. That's
0: right. The Mara family, Dable, other people, whatever. Absolutely. Do, how do how do we improve the pipeline of coaches? Minority
2: coaches. I don't, I don't see a huge get, like, problem with that, though, because there are plenty of yeah. good assistant coaches right now. And
1: we've talked about that. Why isn't Eric Bieniemy a head coach right now? I, like, why is, is, why is Eric Bieniemy?
2: Like, Todd what Bowles. Did, what why is, is Todd Bowles not a yeah, head coach? What, is, what does Eric
1: Bieniemy have to prove?
2: I, I don't know. Well, to be
0: perfectly honest, he needs to get away from Andy Reid because he's not calling a single play. Well, and I think people are using that to hold it against him. He also has a track record, uh, legal track record in his past. I think people are using – using hanging and, that over his head. You,
1: you called it a while ago uh, about Brian, Byron Leftwich to, uh, to Jacksonville. Jacksonville. Yeah. Yeah. And apparently something's gone sideways there because, like, everybody was listening to him as the guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And now, you know, there's he a hang-up. He apparently wanted
0: with, to bring – he wanted to bring A-Dub with him well, <laughs> as well, his
1: GM. Well, yeah. Well, and he wanted the, the Trent balky gone. Yeah. Right. Which is – like, mm, that one, like yeah. I don't know if you're going to overplay your cards when you get your first head (laughs) coaching job, but uh, whatever that is.
0: But I'll tell you this, he's going to have more opportunities, so make sure it's right for you.
1: Well, well, but to the point, though, like if you are a black assistant coach right now, you don't get the opportunity to pick and choose. You You don't get the opportunity to say, you know what, this Jacksonville thing ain't so good. I'll I'll, I'll wait to the next one because... May not be one. What's that number again? 19. 19, it's wild. So
2: you don't get to pick and choose. 19, you, wild. You don't get to pick. We just saw this with David Culley. He waited 40 years to get one whole head coaching job for a year. Yeah, and it was a, a joke. And he outperformed what he was supposed to do.
1: If you're an owner right now, do you hire Brian
0: Flores? If but, you're the Houston Texans, you damn sure better do it. If Al Davis was alive, he'd already be our defensive coordinator. No,
2: no you want him as the head coach. It's gotta be, be a head coach.
0: Listen, but I mean they already made their bed with their you know what I mean. You know what I mean? The situation they're in. With,
2: with the with the the way that the Houston Texans have handled their situation, they should be they should be on hands and knees begging Brian Flores, please take, our, please take over our, our organization because you need as much good energy as you can. That is true. If you're the Houston Texans. How does, with everything that's going on with them. Not to mention, he's a damn good coach, man. He's a, the man is a has a winning coach. record. How does
1: this story play in a locker room right
2: now? Everybody is on the side of Brian Flores. Everybody, if you're a Miami Dolphin right now, you are absolutely pissed at their owner. Because he yeah. has been so dishonest on every level the fact that he offered this man a well, hundred thousand we haven't even touched that hold yet. that hold that yeah.
1: hold that because I definitely want to talk about that but I'm just talking about you know in in the line like if you are on the Houston Texans and he does that does that raise i mean like you've talked to we know you're an individ- independent yes. contractor, individual independent contract individual yourself that's
2: right right that's right but
1: but at some level there is that team element does that raise that? If a a man like Brian Flores is leading the team.
2: Yes, because here's the thing. All you have to do is look at the Miami Dolphins last year. The only team that have a seven-game losing streak and a seven-game winning streak in the same year. Think about that now. That's incredible. And the fact that this team fought for him down the stretch, tooth and nail, to get to a winning record. And think about all the different ways that Steven Ross actually tried to sabotage this team. With the personnel decisions that he made, with the the coaching staff that he put together that he tried to sabotage Brian Flores with. And he still was able to come out of that thing 9 and 8 and have a winning record overall as a head coach. And he still lost his job, Mike.
1: I know. And we talked about this before we started recording. It makes perfect sense to me. Like,
2: to your point, you should be on the phone right now. Right now. How do you have that type of team – come out still with the winning record, and you lose your job. And You're supposed to get coach of the year recognition for what he pulled off.
1: And, oh, by the way, you don't want to be deposed, hire, hire Brian Flores. That way you stay out of that mess, too, while you're at it. <laughs>
2: and if, if you're looking at You might at, keep Deshaun Watson while you're at it. Right. And
1: if you're looking at this, like you look at the AFC South.
2: Yeah. That is the most winnable d- d- division that I know in football right now.
1: Absolutely. All right, going back to the, the Dolphins situation, the Stephen Ross situation, and, you know, for me, you've got really two stories that are blown up out of this. You've got the, the Brian Flores story, the, 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 which we talked about already, obviously. 19. And then you talk about the fact, so no matter who your head coach is, the fact that an owner would go to a head coach and incentivize losing in the National Football League. You hear often, and we've talked about it, protect the shield, protect the shield. How is that even remotely acceptable to the other 31 owners when, when they start talking to, to him. But, and, and, and Hugh Jackson, you mentioned that, you know, he, he kind of launched a grenade and, on that. And, that and said, then he backpedaled a little bit.
2: Um, no, he, he, didn't, he didn't backpedal on the fact that he got paid. He got paid literally to do said that.
1: The, uh, and then pro football talk, say what you will about that, but for NFL Network's Cameron Wolf is saying that he has a witness on record that was in the conversation with Stephen Ross where he offered Brian Flores $100,000 for every loss in the 2019 season. So, again, you can say, well, this is just sour grapes from Brian Flores or whatever. Now we have a witness on the record, unnamed at this point, on the record to the NFL Network saying, oh, yeah, I was there for that conversation. So
2: when it comes to Brian Flores, it's either you believe him or you don't. And when he talks about three different situations, he talked about the Broncos, how they were unprofessional. They showed up. Two or an hour late for his meeting with the Broncos in 2019 mm-hmm. before they hired Vic Fangio. And how John Elway and the other ones showed up a little uh, intoxicated or, or a little, you know. Like they had been out partying the night like before. Like they had been all partying the night before. Mm-hmm. Now, I know with, with John Elway, that, that has a whole lot of truth to it because we know John Elway likes to have a good time. Mm-hmm. We're not going to sit here and cast dispersions on John Elway, but – the fact that he could have had a, 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 a bender that night before, that's not out of the question. So the credibility of Brian Flores is, is right there. He's not a guy that comes off as a guy that's just yeah. going to bring these stories out from left field and try to make his story stick. He's bringing up very specific situations that happened while he was being interviewed for real jobs in real time. And he's just saying, hey, listen – I didn't want this, but I'm not going to sit here and just act like everything's okay either. If you force me to, to name names, I'm going to name them. Well, and, and here's the thing.
1: We talked last week about Pete Rose not being in the uh, Pro Baseball Hall of Fame.
2: It's not a Hall of Fame if they're not in it.
1: Well, right. but Mary Bonds
2: and all those guys in it. Right, it, it, but
1: the, the reason – that Pete Rose isn't in there, isn't anything to do with Pete Rose, the player. It's that he uh, allegedly on gambled on his own team. Yes. He was in a position. And he signed a document. Right. And he was in a position to influence the outcome of a game. Right? So that's why Pete, So to speak. So to speak. The player so, still
2: had to go play. Understood. Yes. Uh,
1: but that's why Pete Rose isn't in there. Right. So if this is true, and there's no reason to believe that it's not, that the owner was incentivizing the coach to lose games... That's he, the same does, damn thing. It is. How, that is the same damn thing. How, how how is he still the owner? How is he still the owner? If I'm a if I'm a if I'm on record as a season ticket holder of the Miami Dolphins, the first thing I'm doing is going. To, speaking of court, how does this get changed? Class action lawsuit. There there's probably, uh, Dolphins are a pretty popular team. Mm. Fairly, I okay. mean, yeah.
2: I mean, I don't know. They've got history. They got, got they've, they've got some soup. They got some Lombardi in, in the see. tens of thousands yes, yes. of season ticket holders. Yes, yes, they do. Yes, yes. You want to get somebody's attention? Go to court. That's how it happens. And that goes back to your point, Sean. When you ask, like, how does this change? You're not going to change their minds. You go and you hit them in their pockets. You hit them where it hurts them the most, where they're going to feel it, and where it's going to get their attention. You're not going to get their attention trying to tug at their heartstrings, like saying, "Hey." Why are you ignoring this group of people all this time? They've wanted to ignore these people all this time. But if you start talking about we're going to take a fourth of what you've been making over the last 20 years. Oh, wait, wait. Hold hold, hold on now. That's real money. That's real money. Now, hold, what are we talking about now? Oh,
1: by the way, thanks for your cute slogans on the field. Yeah, yeah, all all that nonsense. And and the slogans on the back of the helmets. Just just stop. And go ahead and wear your shoes for a cause. Yeah, yeah. For one week, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah just want hey way. this story is it's just it's just starting and it's it's you know it's 2022 and so on the one hand it is so disappointing that the conversation still is happening what's that number again 19
2: 19 but here's the thing too mike the thing that i want to see from this is i want to see the eric b enemies i want to see the todd Bowles. i want to see these black assistants the Vance Josephs. I want to see them stand behind Brian Flores. I agree. Don't let him stand up there yeah. by himself. And I know that he has his own battles to fight. But if you're Mike Tomlin, you better be front and center because you are the Lone Ranger. Because eventually they're going to turn their tables on you. They almost did already. They, well, I'm just saying they didn't. <clears throat> crazy. That that was just rumors, and 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 you know he he killed that by just saying, look, they don't have enough. The, the, the boosters don't have that, enough. Right. They don't have a big enough check to get me up out of here. I thought that was one of the coldest lines, with it, <laughs> by the way. But I'm just saying, if you really want to promote change, you've got to be one of those guys on the front line. You can't be in the background cheering from afar. Hey, go, Brian, go, Brian, go. No, you got to be shoulder to shoulder with this guy. Yeah, you can't, you can't, you can't fall back on this
1: one. Yeah, this story
0: is um, so many facets, so many angles, and it's just getting started. I, that'll be one of the more fascinating things to see. Who is the guy? Who who are the guys standing shoulder to shoulder with? Them? Well, we've already got Hugh you Jackson. Know?
2: We've got Marvin Lewis, who's right. told his point. But none of those guys are in the league right now because and they've told their stories why they weren't in the league. That that's what I'm saying. They've yeah. got to open their mouth and say, "Hey, mm-hmm. listen, this happened to me too." I'm not saying we got to go, you know, with any type of movement that's been in other aspects of life, but I'm just saying you need to stand with this man. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. He he can't be out there on an island. I I, I love I love the Houston angle that you brought up. It'll be fascinating. It makes to too see much sense. How that how that one plays out. So we'll keep an eye on it. We'll keep talking about it. You can count on that. It ain't going nowhere. It ain't nope.
2: going nowhere. Protect the shield. My, or you know. So is there anything? The talk about leading up to the Super Bowl? My goodness! I mean, are we going to have
0: anything to talk about? I heard this
2: some week? guy we, retired. Too. We
1: always talk about that too. Like you know, it could be July. The NFL is giving us stories, man. And I'm sure the NFL right now, because what what is the golden rule in the NFL? Don't mess with the league during Super Bowl week. Yeah. Like, don't do it. Yeah. Don't hire your coach. Don't make any waves. Mm-hmm. Don't leak the name of your new team. Mm. <laughs> uh, w- whoops. Don't During leave banners out in That was the funniest thing window. ever. It's why you don't tell
0: old, aging quarterbacks who happen to still go on radio what your plans are mm. before you actually announce mm. them.
1: Wait, there's drones outside our office that can see the banners on the table? What the wow. hell? Yeah. Oh, my oh, goodness. Wow. All right, so uh, we'll keep uh, we'll keep on that. But we do. We have real football. We have football on the field coming up next. The Super Bowl is set, and we'll talk about that next on Train and Gross. Yep. Train and Gross. Before we do this, I got to tell you, talk to my daughter on the way over here. Which one, Megster or Jules? Megster. Megster! The only person on God's green earth that calls my daughter Meg Megster is Bertram Barry. That's right. So she goes into the office, What's up, Megster? So we got a listener. Now everybody in the office is calling her Megster. That's awesome. And somebody goes, does everybody call you Megster? No,
2: just just Bertram. Just one. Well, not anymore. You're a trendsetter. Hey, I mean, you know, I like to think so, but, you know, I digress.
1: Thank you very much for listening. Hey, going into the season, I don't mm-hmm. think any of us are gamblers. You got, you got an online account, Derek Cressman?
0: I do. You gamble no. hard? No, I I took the free money they gave me at the start of this year when those apps first started coming around, yep. and I'm still playing with that. And I know
1: um, you don't gamble, no, because I remember you got mad at Marco one day because he was, <laughs> we were doing the prediction or Marco was on doing his segment, Marco yeah. D'Angelo of WagerTalk.com yep. by the way. Yep. Shout he was on doing his his segment and, and we picked we had the Notre Dame game. I don't remember mm-hmm. who they were playing, whatever. Mm-hmm. And Marco he sets lines and he talks to it like, hey, here's what's going to happen. That's and right. he said so therefore I uh you know Notre Dame's a three and a half point under and you're like. Phew. Like He was breaking it down for business purposes. You can't gamble. It's personal. Yeah, it's too personal. But anyways, if you were a gambler, you would know that the Bengals were an 8,000-to-1 favorite to win the uh, AFC this year. You mean underdog. Favorite, underdog. The number was 8,000. I'm not a gambler. If you would have bet a dollar (laughs) on the Bengals to win the AFC in August, you'd have $8,000 in your pocket right now. Is that better? It's much better. Rewind. Mm -hmm. So – you could put a twenty down, and and you have came out like a fat. Rat. Wow, two number four seeds in the in the Super Bowl. How about it? And uh, it's the Rams on their home field. Yep. Which I think How about even that, by even the though way. they they were a, uh, even though they're the four seed, I think at the start of the season the Rams were the odds-on favorite out of the NFC. Yeah, and especially when you so, started well, adding they, the OBJs and such. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But the Bengals. Yeah. That I mean. We knew when I mean, we've talked about this. Nobody had to be. This is ahead of schedule, way ahead. Because this schedule. team, the blueprint, what they've got in place, all that, yeah, fine. But this is way ahead of schedule.
2: And this also, to go back to our last segment, this also puts those teams on blast. It can be done if you really want to get it done in a short period of time. Uh-huh. We're talking about through the draft. We're talking about a couple of free free agents here and there, and 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 sprinkled in. But you've got to hit. On that quarterback, and you've got to hit on that wide receiver and those offensive guys. And this is with a porous offensive line. Terrible offensive line. Just brutal. When I think about styles, we always talk about styles make fights. I worry about Joe Burrow because the worst thing that he could have ever seen is a D-line that can get after it. And guess what he's got. (laughs) Exactly what he's (laughs) got. And they're playing at home. I know. That
1: that team in the second half? 49ers didn't stand a chance. No. The way that defense was playing. No. In the the
2: second whole half. playing at
0: home thing is wild, though, considering it had never happened in Super Bowl history and last until last year. And now we got it again. That's wild to me.
2: But you know what this Super Bowl says to me, though? This Super Bowl says to me that we, as fans of football, we needed a matchup like this. We needed a, a Joe Burrow versus a, a Matthew Stafford. Two quarterbacks that haven't been there. Because, I, and I wrote this down because I did. I, I, I was I was ready for this one. You think about the last 15 years. Manning, Manning, Rivers, Roethlisberger, Breeze. That's about it. That's the list. When you start talking about Super Bowls, those have been the quarterbacks that have been the storyline behind those Super Bowls in the last 15 mm-hmm. years. Minus Phillip Rivers. We know he's never gone. Never but there, yeah. he's he's been a quarterback that's been one of those top quarterbacks that's probably going to the Hall of Fame. But you start looking at that list – of, of Brady oh, – I mean, I forgot Brady and Rodgers. Like, you, the, the league will actually survive without Brady, Rodgers, both Mannings, Rivers, Roethlisberger, and now Brees because none of those quarterbacks are going to be on the field no. once you kick it off in 2022. And I, th-
0: and I think the league might be in the best place it's been at that position – Really, in my lifetime. I mean, if you think about it, I mean, how many guys would you pay to go watch right now? Mahomes, obviously. Uh, Josh Allen, especially if you get both of them on the field. Now, Joe Burrow, Matt Stafford, and that, and that offense. Justin Herbert. Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson. That's just the AFC. A, a, he's a I,
1: show on his own. And I stole your line when we were talking about this with guys at work. I I, I stole your line, and yeah. I'm not going to give you credit for it either. And I That's said, right. I said, Look at
0: the AFC quarterback. Just, just look yeah. at the AFC Five. quarterback. Five right. of them. That Ed could be, be the guys that you would pay to go watch right now. I, I, got them,
2: I got them listed. Yeah. Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, Lamar Jackson. And for, to throw in one, if he, if they ever get their act together as an organization, Trevor Lawrence. Oh, 100%. percent. He'll
0: be—he—he's got the talent. If they—if they ever get their act together, yeah. he can be a problem. Rogers is still there, so let's not forget about him. You don't know, put him on that list. I'd pay to go watch him too. Well,
2: I—I I, I think he's—he's. He's He's more on the way out than everybody. absolutely he is. I'm just saying, like when you when you think of that group, the the older guys, the 35 plus guys, yeah. that that were the 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 gatekeepers for years, for sure. at least two decades. Yeah, th- those quarterbacks that I listed at first, those were the names that you associated yeah. the NFL with, and as I far think, as the and winners. I think there's
0: some guys that have potential to become something solid if they can, if you know, teams can put something around them, coaching and everything. But you know, I think uh, Justin Fields can be that can be one of those guys that pay to go see. I think Hertz is another guy that. I think is really on the doorstep. Like he's he's almost at a fork in the road in his career right now. So and I, I think he can be
2: good. So to your point, that's the NFC. The NFC yeah. side I had Kyler Murray, Justin Jalen Hurts, yeah, Dak Prescott, mm-hmm. and Justin Fields. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Those are the those are the those are the four in the NFC. So you got 10 really quarterbacks already out of the 32 a yeah. third of the, the top third it's is, is sitting pretty good right now.
1: And it's really interesting, too, because you talk about, you know, and we'll watch it this summer, spring and summer, when it plays out. Aaron Rodgers, what happens there? Right. Stay in Green Bay. Because he could retire. He could he retire. Could. He won't. He, stay, he could. Stay in Green Bay if you're going to play. Uh, what happens with Russ? Where's
0: he going? That's another guy I would pay to go see, but he's right. outside of that age group. But,
1: but you yeah. know, And we made this, and I, again, I, 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 you know, we talk about it on a podcast, and I test our theories out in the yep. real world. Yep. And I, we, we use the AFC West as the example. If Aaron Rodgers does leave Green to Denver. Bay, Denver is the odds-on favorite to land, lead, land him, get wow. him, whatever. Wow! And you know we talked about that. All four that, quarterbacks, right? Mm-hmm. Where where is he in the AFC West? He's fourth. He, he's the MVP. <laughs> And he's the third or fourth best quarterback. <laughs> he's not the
0: fourth best. I'm just kidding. I was being a I'll give leader. it to but you. No, he's not. I'll give him that. AFC West. Yeah. But Which I mean, it?
2: it's, it's, it's a. The, no, the point is the AFC is loaded. Loaded. I mean, with top notch quarterbacks, like guys that are the future. I think about the next 10 years, it is going to be a dogfight in the AFC it, to yeah. get to a Super Which Bowl. Which is
0: why if you're Rodgers, you don't leave. You don't leave. Especially after Brady Hunt. Because that division
1: Who's sucks. in your way?
0: That division sucks. You could win
1: it as long – you could play it a 45 like Tom Brady did and win it every year the way they're (laughs) going. And it also goes to show you what a mess Jacksonville was, the fact that we list the top – I got six on my list and Trevor Lawrence isn't on there, right, where you have the number one pick and you're not even talking about him because they screwed that up so badly.
2: Well, I mean, but it it takes more than a quarterback. And I think this – But but it does – but at the same time – got to have that With guy. these
1: other guys on the list. Yes. You could see it coming. Yes. Yes. Would you – I wouldn't bet money, speaking of gambling, that it's going to come with – with uh, with uh, in Jacksonville, excuse me. Trevor be, Lawrence. With Trevor Lawrence because of how badly it's been handled. You don't see that. You can make a case for Justin Fields in Chicago because you saw flashes. You saw right. You didn't see that in Jacksonville.
2: So one thing we've seen from the playoffs that, that I really take away from the playoffs is that if you don't have a Josh Allen or a Patrick Mahomes – or, a, or or a Joe Burrow, you really don't Forget have about a it. shot. Forget about it. You That's, don't have yep. a shot to win. Yep. Because if you don't have one of those transcendent quarterbacks yep. that can do special things, not just with his arms, but with his legs and his brain, you don't have a shot to win long term in this league. Because whoever's going to be on the other side is going to kill you. Yeah, They're going to literally kill you once they get their opportunity. I was
0: texting with a buddy who's a Bronco fan and while that game was going on, Bills and and Chiefs, and I and you know we had the same thought. Like, how depressing is it watching this? Because neither of us are even close to being on that level. You no, know what no, I mean? No. Like it's not even – it's like they're almost playing a different sport at times.
1: And, and meanwhile, on the other side when we have the Super Bowl, you've got Matthew Stafford, a guy who wherever wherever you put him on these lists of quarterback, he's on the backside of his career, right? Yes, uh, yes. And, you know, yes. it's been interesting to watch the reaction in Detroit. Mm. You talk about how bad that franchise is and how it was really easy to pile on Matthew Stafford as well as everything else. And it's really, it, it's really two camps in Detroit. Yep. I'm happy for him. Yep. He got the hell out of here. Yep. Right? I'm happy. Yep. And he was able to do it. And then there's like, hey, screw him. Yep. Yeah,
2: he left us.
0: I saw a thing online that said Matthew Stafford and Eminem. and Eminem is performing at halftime. It's
2: the closest Detroit's ever been to the Super Bowl. <laughs> wow. You know what, though? The Rams aren't off the hook yet. With all of the moves that they've made, they made, f- they
0: got to finish it. You've
2: got to finish. It's not enough just to get to the Super Bowl. They still with with all with less need and 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 Stan Kroenke and all the moves and and all the leveraging that they did. All the mortgaging of your the, future. The, 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 the uh, uh, leveraging, mortgaging. Yes. Yeah. It, of your future cuz you got no picks until like no. 2026. And these guys that you're picking up, I mean, these ain't spring chickens for the yeah, most part. Absolutely. Like they're not they're not going to have a first round pick to my son's able to go to the NFL draft. I mean, they it, they're going to be a minute. Marcus, but Marcus, there you go. Mark no, that down.
1: No pressure, Bruce.
2: No pressure. <laughs> 2028, bro. I I'm, I'm telling you right now, 2028. I better be ready to give you that big old hug after they call your name on TV. But anyway, uh
1: <laughs> He plays for the Rams. You're gonna wear your Cardinals, <laughs> oh Cardinals jersey.
2: Wow. Uh oof, it's, wow. The way we, it's the way we
1: do it in the Barry family.
2: Yeah, but I you know but but you think about it, I I love the fact that there's so many different storylines with both teams. With both quarterbacks, they've made they've made their mark this year. They've mm-hmm. they've come into their own and, and they've kind of said, this is my coming out moment. Both guys could say that. I think Joe Burrow has been better than advertised. The fact that he's only had a year and a half of experience at the quarterback position and already has his team in the yeah, Super Bowl.
1: Ahead of schedule.
2: Way ahead of schedule. But then you think about Matthew Stafford and then you think about the other parts. There's not a dislikable team in the Super Bowl for the first time in a long time. Yeah, I agree. You always kind of had that one it's Very, very team true that you, you like, okay, like i I'm rooting for this team because that team uh nah, no, nah, they don't they just don't do it for me. But I actually like both of these teams for very different reasons. I like the fact that Jalen Ramsey and, and and Von Miller and 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 Aaron Donald are, are all trying to go back to the Super Bowl and, and win this time. Like Jalen Ramsey's never been, you know, Von Miller is the one the only guy with Super Bowl real Super Bowl experience as far as winning. And the fact that, that they all had this reclamation project all at the same time, Odell Beckham jr, another guy that was you know kind of thrown away and and thought of as as a uh, has been and he's resurrected his image into a guy that's become very likable and the moment that he was with Debo Samuel after, after that the after the game i mean you you can't you can't possibly think of him as a bad guy when he's able to console a, another individual on another team the fact that he had the the wherewithal to go and find him in that moment where I've been in that moment. The first thing that I wanted to do was go hug a teammate, Mm -hmm. but he went and hugged Debo Samuels and gave him all the respect in the world saying, Hey man, you played your ass off. I give you all the credit. I give you all the props. You will be back in on this stage again, very, very soon, but keep your head up.
1: And you look at, you, you talk about a reclamation project and, you know, whether it was necessary or not, the way OBJ has changed everything about that story. Like w- when he left Cleveland, it was like, oh, you know, there, there he goes, malcontent out. And everybody, uh, you know, obviously what you saw, that was, that was huge. But everybody who is near the Rams, covers the Rams, talks about the Rams, said w- the, the, whatever
2: we thought coming in, furthest from the truth. See, to me this makes Cleveland look even worse. Absolutely. They, all, they look, look awful. worse. Okay, so think about this twofold. For one, you you cast away Odell Beckham Jr. saying that he was the reason that that your your quarterback wasn't getting done, mm-hmm. right? So then he leaves and yet you still have the issues with your starting quarterback. That nothing seems to have changed, you know, with their quarterback and 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 the struggles that he had. But then you look at it your division rival, your most hated division rival, the Cincinnati Bengals, are in the Super Bowl. And here you are still one of four teams in the NFL that has never even been to one. Like, this is their third. Now, it's been a minute. I mean, Reagan was still president the last time they went to the Super Bowl. 88, wasn't it? 88. 88. That was Reagan's last year. You know, Then it was Bush after that, I believe. But it's been a minute. It's been almost 35 years since they've gone to a Super Bowl, and yet— they're going again, and you still haven't – to me, it, with I'll being go, such bitter rivals, you you ha, you look worse by the day.
1: I'll go an extra step on that one. The the center of the football – because Cincinnati Bearcats make the college
2: football
0: playoffs. It's true. How about that? And the Cincinnati Bengals How
2: about are that? in the Super Bowl. How about that? Now, we don't want the the Bengals to have the same fate as the No, Bearcats, we don't. That, we that, don't. That, that wasn't good. The though. other
1: thing, too, you look at this – to your point about the storylines. The, the 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 rams they're an old team uh, plenty of storyline co- cobbled though. together with veterans uh you know the uh, Andrew Whit, Whitworth, whatever he's like 40 some years mm-hmm. old yeah. looks like father time on yeah. the yeah, offensive he's, he's line he's a grandfather the flip side is i'm looking at the cincinnati bengals roster right now i've got Do it they have anybody
2: over 30 on i've their got team? it
1: sorted by age 21 21 21 22 i mean yeah they've got a couple old guys down here but they are a young football
0: team the leading characters on that football team are all young like i mean we talked about it earlier the two wide receivers, the running back, and the and the quarterback uh, was the first team ever to have a 4,000-yard passer, two 1,000-yard receivers, mm. and a 1,000-yard rusher, and all of those players be under the age of 25. Or Other th- teams have had those numbers, but never all under the age of 25. You, That's
1: crazy. If you sort it by experience, you know, they've got eight or nine rookies, five first-year players, a whole bunch of second-year players. Yeah. I mean, this is a team – that is the way the NFL is structured with the salary cap, Yeah, they're, they're, they're going to be around for a minute. They're right? not going you, because, anywhere. Because you, know, you, you have the ability to you know, soak it all in now and take your time. I mean, you know, Jamar Chase is, is such a special talent. He's rookie. a rookie. He You're is, not doing
2: anything for him for three years. He's ridiculous. But, Mike, think about it. The fact that your quarterback is – playing at such a special level. He's in year two. You've still got three years, if you want, to build a roster that can contend for Super Bowls still with this guy. And you don't have to pay him any real money. No. Now, you're going to have to pay him at some point, and, I mean, that's going to come back to haunt you. But (laughs) right now, you don't have to pay this guy anything. You can can basically say, hey, Joe, we love you, and you can make all the money you want off the field, but we don't really have to pay you other than – what we promised you when we first drafted you out of LSU. Let
0: me ask you guys this, because I agree, totally agree with you that there's not a dislikable, really, person, player, team really involved in this year's Super Bowl. So if I was to put – it's signing day. If I was to put two hats out on, out on the table right now, Bengals, Rams, which one you putting on your head for the game? Who do I who think you is going to win or who do no, I who want to Who are you supporting?
2: Oh, God. I'm who you you supporting, supporting
0: anybody. But you – you okay, well, you – I always say that too going into these games uh-huh. and then by the end of the first quarter I'm ended up pulling
2: for one of the two teams. Okay. Whose hat are you putting on? Okay. If 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 I had to really choose, mm-hmm. I'm on a route for the NFC West. Because this makes our division look so much better. I can buy as, that. A, as a Cardinal fan, yeah. it makes the division look really good. Because if you look at the last ten years, there's been a lot of NFC West representatives in the Super Bowl.
1: Does it change your perspective
2: it on really the Cardinals has. season? No, it doesn't, because they they no the Cardinals have their own issues. They they no
1: I know, but just in 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 general, you know, because the narrative was was cast in stone. But does it change the fact that two teams from the NFC West play in the NFC Championship game? The fact it could that have very easily to, been them.
2: You beat both of those teams. Sure did. You beat one of those teams in their home. So no, it doesn't change the narrative at all. It says that they don't know how to finish, and you got to come up with a different game plan after the first half of the season. You can't run the same things and expect the league not to know what you're going to do and beat you to the spot.
1: And then finally we'll end it on uh, feeling good for a kicker. No. Punter, he's born in Cincinnati, went to college at Cincinnati. Who's hat no, you putting amazing.
0: on? I'm putting the Bengals hat
1: on. Me too. Big time. You rooting for the Bengals? Me too. Dude, I'm from Detroit, man. If the Bengals can do it, we can
0: do it. Well, plus, I just think, you know, they did God's work taking out that awful franchise last week. So, I'm just going to put on wow. that Bengals hat, baby. Let's we go. never got Let's into go, that Let's go, Joe. Week.
2: Let's go, Joe. Now, you know what, too? We're talking about the Super Bowl, but I didn't think that you could get better than the divisional round. And I think last weekend was – Equal. Yeah, it was equal. I think it was equal. It oh, wasn't yeah. better. No. But it was equal. Yeah. I don't think there was a fall off. Like I didn't I didn't walk away from championship weekend disappointed.
1: No, not at all. The only the only difference between championship weekend and the weekend before is there was only two games instead of four. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> so by by virtue of that fact, the previous weekend was better. Because it was more but more these two games held their own. Yes, they did. By, I mean it went
0: into overtime again at Arrowhead. I mean that just un- and you had an eighteen overtime. point comeback. Overtime. The
1: biggest in championship game history. And th- and again I I don't. I, I'm not a hater like you are. Oh, mm, I hate them mm-hmm. of, of the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. But this whole irrational uh, hatred of the overtime rule, we we got to put that to put bed. Put that to bed because it. Right. The, the, the Bengals did it the way you should have.
2: No, but it, it, it's, it's dumb because we're talking about professionals. This isn't everybody gets an opportunity to get the ball. I'm sorry. Right. If you want to win a championship in the NFL where there are paid grown men, stop somebody. I don't want to hear Hello, that about Buffalo. the Buffalo Bills. Why don't I'm you? sorry. Buffalo, you should watch the Bengals tape. Watch the Bengals tape. They were able to turn him over and hey, get the ball where and the, kick a field where goal. Were the
0: Chiefs feeling themselves a little bit too much in certain situations? The and Chiefs?
2: What I mean, like, for
0: instance, that play right before the half and then in overtime. Biggest play of the game. Yeah, the big. Oh, before the half, Biggest yeah, play of the game. You're right. If you even if you kick three there, I think you go into the locker room and, and if you're the you're Bengals, up 14, you're, you're up feeling, two touchdowns. and
2: you're just feeling terrible, and yeah. you get the ball. You and got the, you ball the ball to start the second half. So I look at that as what one run the freaking ball. Right. They're dropping eight. They're giving you all the time in the world to to look down the field, which is what you don't do. If you got a three man front, run the damn ball. Right. Don't get cute. This isn't the time to be cute. You had an 18 point lead. Run the ball. Right. Take the air out of the ball. Hello, Atlanta Falcons. They just kept we've pushing it, and pushing it and pushing it. We, we've yep. seen this time after time in championship type games. These coaches lose their freaking minds because you still try to get cute and give the quarterback all the credit when it becomes a four-minute drill type game. Even in overtime. Just run the ball. Yeah, even overtime. They're, just push the ball. They're in a the three-man front. Right. If you've got six people in the box yep. or seven. That football one-on-one says run the ball. You've got more blockers than they've got tacklers. Run the ball. Mm-hmm.
0: Yep. It was beautiful. Irrational. I mean, irrational. it, I it, hate it wasn't it, I wasn't irrational. I was thinking the exact same thing he said right now watching the game. No, and it you, was
1: you, beautiful. It was more beautiful because if it would have been the other way around, he still would have been right. Mm-hmm. But it wouldn't have been the Chiefs, so you would have been like, yeah, you know, football says you're
2: right. You know what, I'll, I'll say Football this. says you're right. Right, right. But, you know, <laughs> I was I was a little disappointed because <laughs> the pettiness in me wanted to see Jimmy Garoppolo go to a Super me Bowl. Me too. I was rooting for Jimmy hard. I wanted to see him go to a me Super too. Bowl because you know at some point yeah. John Lynch told him, hey, look, we're moving on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he was very upfront about that, and I re- I have a lot of respect for him for that. Yeah. But to think that this guy, had had he won that game, you're talking about a guy that would have taken – two teams to a Super Bowl as a starter, and he's being walked out the door yeah. for a rookie. Think about that now. If Jimmy Garoppolo had won that game, that would have been his second Super Bowl as a starter. Because yeah. remember, he's got two with the Patriots. You know, yeah. I mean, I count those as rings, but you know, he may not count them as a starter. But if you're on the team and you got a ring, it counts. Hey.
0: Yeah. And let's not, as much as we praise Kyle Shanahan going into this game, even getting there. Let's not let him off the hook. He got away from his Another 10-point lead in the second half. Gone. Run the De- ball. Debo, the best damn player in football, in my Didn't opinion. Didn't touch the ball. Didn't touch the damn ball for the, for the like, last – Eighteen minutes of the game. Yeah.
2: Run the football. Yeah, it's still football. It's still the same game that the, the most physical team is going to win. But another ten-point lead loss in the second half. I Gandhi. mean, what are they going to do? All right,
1: we'll uh, we'll keep the Super Bowl talking uh, talk going. Excuse me on next week's podcast because uh, NFL gives us a two-week break. We'll That's also, right. Also break down the Pro Bowl and the skill no, Competition as well. No, Senior Bowl, right? No. Going Senior on right Bowl, Hula yeah. bowl? No, mm-hmm. no, no, no. Shriners Bowl. No.
2: What do you say we go bowling, huh? Wow.
1: (laughs) On the other side, we'll do our potpourri segment. And we're going to put a timer on it. There you go. We'll throw these topics out. We're only going to spend a few minutes on each one of them. Just want to burn through as as many as we can. That's coming up next on Train and Gross.
2: Train and Gross. (laughs)
1: Last week we announced... An official sponsorship of the program.
0: Which one? Apple fritters. Apple fritters, Apple fritters yes. The official
1: pastry of the uh, Training Gross podcast. There you go. And about ready to make another announcement <laughs> the official snack food. <laughs> Pretzels. They're so good.
2: Damn tasty.
1: Damn tasty. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Deserving of a round. Let's hear it for. Her. We put a lot of stuff out on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Some of it good, some of it not so I just <laughs> randomly threw that out there. Yeah. And that got as much play as some of the other stuff we That's put right. out there.
2: Yeah, well, you put the breaking news and stuff around it. So I think that really got people's attention. <laughs> that was pretty talented. Yeah. It? Right. It's always about the, the, the bells and whistles. It, it, it works. And, but
1: you know what else?
2: What? Nobody disagreed with me. Hey, there you go.
1: Apple fritters are the bomb. Man. Like, you know, sometimes you put something out there and say, hey, this is it. And they're like, no, man, that's it. Not this, it's apple, that.
2: Apple fritters are the bomb.
1: All right, so what we're going to do uh, since we uh, – th- this one's going long. Is so we're going to do kind of a uh, shout-out to ESPN, pardon the interruption, mm-hmm. where they have their speed round.
2: We won't do it though. Tony that. Kornheiser, Mike Wilbon, Absolutely. big shouts.
1: But there's a couple of five, six things we got to get to. That's right. As we, as we wrap up the podcast before that's right. we go to pump the brakes. That's right. And dad jokes. All right, first and foremost, Tom Brady Woo. announces his retirement. How many times did you tackle – put Tom Brady on the ground in your professional football career?
2: I want to say four or five. Wow. And uh, most of them were – well, actually all of them were. He was with New England, <laughs> obviously. Uh, but I actually got him in two different uniforms. I got him with the Broncos and I got him here with the Cardinals. Right. So that's what I was trying to – because I was thinking about the wrong person. I was thinking about him, but myself, I was on two different teams. And so uh, I remember the young Tom Brady. I played against him in 2001 when he had just gotten a job. Mm-hmm. And I remember him later on in his career where he was, you know, Tom Brady. He was that guy at that point. and And he was the unquestioned leader of the team. And um, I just have so much respect for Tom and how he approached the game and how he worked his ass off to become the greatest quarterback in the history of the game. Everybody keeps saying – he's not the greatest player. But I'm like, but what is the criteria for being the greatest player? Because, yeah, you could throw Lawrence Taylor in there. You can throw Jim Brown in there. You can throw Jerry Rice in there as far as all-time great players. But when you start talking about seven, seven just dominates. You can't see above the seven because you've almost got he's, – he's played in ten, and he won seven of them. So even the winning percentage in a Super Bowl is 700. Even that's great. Right. And the dude has had two – really three Hall of Fame careers in one.
1: No, it, 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 the ultimate goal in professional sports is to, win. is to win. Yes. And win championships. Championships. He's got seven. You got it. And uh, look, I'm partial. He's a Michigan guy. And I think the story is great. Yes. You know, late round draft pick. And the thing he didn't – he wasn't even a clear-cut starter in Michigan. Right. How crazy is that? And, and there's a picture floating around out there. He, his resume from his senior year at Michigan. Somebody probably got in his ear and said, Look, man, in case this football thing doesn't work out, you should go over to Career Services. get the... So there's a picture of his resume. Wow. He, he, he worked as an intern at uh, like Smith Barney or something mm, like that. Mm-hmm. Financial intern. Right. How he about worked, that? He worked at a golf course. He worked yeah. at a, you know, yeah. so uh, he put his resume out there. And one of the lines was elected captain of the Michigan football team. And I think, you know, when you, th- when you look at what he learned, and you've talked about this, how you look at other players in the locker room. There was an article in the Detroit News. He said, the biggest lesson I learned at Michigan was how to be a leader. And, you know, obviously he played in the Big Ten, played at the highest level. Won a national championship. Won a national championship. But the lesson he takes away all these years later is to how to be a leader. And if you're going to be out there as the quarterback in the National Football League on two winning teams, you got to be a leader. Yes, you got to be a leader and and we've talked about that yes. you've talked about guys you've stood across the line and you can see in their eyes that it ain't there it ain't there that's right and i don't think anybody would ever say that about tom brady
2: no and i could be i could actually you know attest to this because i was on the other side many a times with tom brady and i never saw a guy that looked panicked i never saw a guy that looked unsure of what he was going to do and i never saw a guy that didn't have the ultimate belief in himself and his team right and it didn't always work out But then you go back and look at the three losses, Mike. In the Super Bowls. Those weren't blowouts. He didn't play terrible. Mm -mm. The game against Philadelphia, he threw for over 500 yards and the team didn't punt. Yeah, Think about that now. In championship games, when it mattered the most, this guy was absolutely money. It wasn't as if he played horrible against the Giants either time. He was going against one of those great pass rushers that – that really neutralized what he did or what he didn't do really well, which is stand in that pocket and and move around. He wasn't a great mover uh, the first part of his career, and then he found a way to get smart with that. He started getting the ball out of his hand a lot quicker. He started having that the start using a tailback more to, to check the ball down and not holding the ball to take those sacks. So you're talking about a guy that evolved over his career, but when it mattered most, when it came to winning time he always had his team in a position to win that game.
1: And the game here to the Giants, one of the all-time plays in Super Bowl history that that helped the Giants beat the Patriots. All right, Jim Harbaugh. Mm. I'll start. Jim Harbaugh, coach of the Michigan Wolverines, finally beat Ohio State, so he goes on the coaching tour. He's going to be the coach of the Raiders. Yep. Going to be the coach of the Dolphins. Yep. And on signing day, Jim Harbaugh flies to Minneapolis to interview with the, the Minnesota Vikings.
2: Yep. Mike, oh, we talked about this. On, man. Mike, we talked about this. This was as personal as it gets, and this was a big old F you to all of the people in Michigan who took that money from him last year, and he went on a tour to say, don't ever F with my money again. All of that courting that he did with the NFL, all of that, am I going to stay, am I going to go, left the contract there. The contract had been offered months ago. And it just been sitting there on his table and he wanted to see him sweat. He wanted to see him squirm because he wanted to remind him, remember you call me into the office and you took half my check. So, I'm not going to sit there and just give you carte blanche and just do what you want me to do. I'm going to make you sweat a little bit because I'm going to teach you a lesson. When you start messing with my money, you start messing with my emotions In the words of my man Smokey on Friday from back in the day. Big perm. I'm big worm. Big worm. You know what I mean? Don't, don't mess with my money, man. And, he, and I think he went on a year-long tour to tell those guys, F you, man. Don't mess with me. But he did it on signing day, man. I, like What better way to make him sweat? What better way to let them know, like, look, I run this. You don't run this. You need me. I don't need you. This is bigger than Nino Brown, baby. This is bigger than Nino Brown.
1: And even with all that, Michigan still has a top 10 recruiting class. I just, man, I I look at the way it played out, and, and, you know, there was people in Michigan speculating that a lot of the reports that were coming out through media – meet social media right through media types were mm-hmm. being fed to him by harbaugh mm-hmm. like oh by the way i'm hopping on a private jet flying over to minneapolis that's right today. That's like right. shouldn't you be in ann arbor right at, at the fax machine waiting, now, waiting for guys to sign their letters
2: yeah but to be fair when you start before. talking about signing day the coaches are off they're not there they've done their job they've already been on a recruiting trail they've they've flown out to the other cities now they're back home they're resting nobody is there in the office on National Signing Day, Mike. So, so it's a good day to interview. It's a good day to interview. It's a good day because the hay is in the barn at that point. If you are sweating it all the way to that to today, around three o'clock Eastern, then you hadn't really done your job. You're not really prepared for National Signing Day.
1: Speaking of National Signing Day, the local team here took it on the chin, and we knew it was mm. coming, but it, I think it's worse than people expected. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Arizona State, uh, the 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 looming. Uh, and I, I guess is it still an investigation? I mean, whatever it is, uh, hanging over ASU, four or five coaches gone already. Yeah. And apparently Antonio Pierce, uh, he's taken that great line that people use, it where you can't fire me, I quit. Yeah. Going back to the NFL, but here's the thing, Pete Carroll special, right? Exactly. If you're a, if you're an ASU fan, like you can say, well, look, you know, the the, the NCAA is going to do whatever they're going to. This is this has got to concern you because. When you look at the recruiting class, mm-hmm. you're not even in the top 100. Wow. Lot, not, so you've got power five teams, yes. non-power five teams, with better recruiting classes than ASU.
2: And then you look at the, the rival down in Tucson, they actually didn't do too bad, especially when you start looking at local talent. Yeah. They were actually able to, to land some pretty good players from the Phoenix area, and, and I think this team is – They're they're not going to be the doormat of the Pac-12 anymore.
1: I wonder about Herm Edwards right now. Like how, you know, because here's a guy that's a very spiritual guy. Sure. Upbeat, positive message. Yep. And I think when everybody uh, kind of – when the hiring settled, right? Because mm-hmm. it talk, took a lot of people by surprise That's when right. he, he first got in it. But he said the right things. He did the right things. They were going to retool the ASU football department to operate like an NFL program where you have a player development and, and a general manager type roles. And yeah. it just didn't develop. And then, you know, the, the fact that you know this ASU investigation with the NCAA – It's like the old horror movies, and we've talked about this. The call is coming from inside the house. Yeah, shows you kind of how dysfunctional things got, and to to the point. This is a cascading effect. Sure. Bottom recruiting classes don't happen by accident.
2: No, it doesn't happen by accident. Mike, I think this was a clear case of, two being too trusting of your assistants. I think at some point he wanted them to be men, and he wanted them to kind of operate on their own accord. And and I don't have to micromanage you. You guys know how to do this. But I think at some point being the CEO, if you will, of this program, he should have had a little more control. and should have had a little more, uh, what should we say, of a watchful eye on the assistance and, and some of the things that they were doing and how they were going about conducting their business.
1: The, the, the term you hear, and it's not ASU, in NCAA sports, when teams, programs, schools get in trouble, lack of institutional control. control. There it is. You know, and you've got to have – and it's usually somebody outside the specific sport that looks over and says, hey, what's going on? What's on Coach that? Pierce doing? Yeah. Like, hey, he can't be out recruiting during oh. whatever these COVID restrictions yeah. that we voted for, yeah. by the way. And with and the phone,
2: with the phone now because everybody's got a phone and, and it's, like a, it's like a VCR now. Putting it
1: on video. There you go. So we'll see. But, um, man, tough times I think right now for Herm Edwards certainly. And I think to a certain degree. He's a good degree, man too, to, man. He is. Uh, and Ray, uh, Ray, uh, Ray uh, Anderson. Anderson. I was mm-hmm. going to call him the investment company. <laughs> Ray Anderson, the athletic director, of yeah. course, because this was a hire that he owned. He's like right. this is cuz it was it was definitely one of those when you looked at it it was a non-traditional hire. You know, yeah. a guy who'd been away it. Got from a much, lot of attention. Got a lot of attention. A lot of positive press. Yep. And uh now we'll see where it goes. Denver Broncos are
2: for sale. Mm. It, How much, Mike? 4 oh. billion. Mm. For billion with a B dollars. That's that that's, if, that that's that patron shot right there. That that's when you take that when you hear that
1: Goodness gracious! And I—I uh, I, I read this. I'd like to tell you I did some deep research, but I just happened upon it. If you're going to buy an NFL team, mm. and you want to be the owner, yep. you've got to come to the table with 30% cash. Mm. So if you are doing the math, that's a little over 1.2, 1.3 billion dollars. Billion dollars. Mm. You right need now. to come to the table with if you would like to own the. Denver Broncos. Then you can pull in your additional owners, your yeah, you know yeah. guys that want to say I own an NFL yeah, team and give yeah. me a few dollars here. Yeah. But if you only come a third, you got to come with a lot of money. Yeah. Uh, so there you go. Four billion dollars for the Denver Broncos.
2: That's kind of like when you go to Vegas. You know certain tables. You know hey, if you ain't got ten thousand, don't even sit down. If you ain't got they one point three. They got the rope up. Yeah, if you ain't got 1.3, don't even sit down at the table. Yeah. We're not even listening to you. So we'll see what happens there. But,
1: look, you've, you've spent time in Denver. Mm. You, you have it's memories of the franchise. And memories proud. of the, Mr. Boland. Mr. D. Uh, and, you know, it just goes to show you how hard it is, mm. you know, that, uh, you know, Mr. Boland took that franchise to the pinnacle. Twice. And, twice. Um, and then once he was – Really out of, five times. Once he was out of the picture – and his family was left to mm-hmm. do it. Um, not a good, not a good look, yeah. you know. And it, it's it's one thing to get that money; it's another thing to earn it and put it to work. But then when you just have it given to you and inherit yeah. it, yeah. Um, so the Bolin family uh, couldn't get it together. They're going to sell the team, and it's it's literally bring bring your bring your best offer. But they, they say north of four billion is where this is going to come. Yikes, at.
2: Mike. I, I think about the Broncos and and that city. I don't know if there's a team that's more in tune or more intertwined in the city than the Denver Broncos? I don't think there is. Because that, that the love affair that they have with one another, it, it's, it's indescribable. I, I can't really explain how deep that romance goes between that team and that, those fans out there.
1: It blew my mind when I, I went to school in Denver. Yeah. Grew up in Detroit. Yeah. <laughs> Watched football games in the Silver Dome. Yeah. My first fall in Denver, Colorado blew – my mind it was a year before john elway got there wow and um it was unlike anything that i've experienced my first game away from the pontiac silver dome was mile high stadium the old stadium wow. south stands for a broncos raiders game wow and my life was changed absolutely you know because you know going through what i went through in detroit and just but to your point about the way the team is covered, mm. the way the, the, the community, people paint their houses orange and blue. Yep. When John Elway did get there, yep. they had the camera crew hiding in the bushes to see what he gave out for, for Halloween, Halloween candy. candy.
2: Yes. Right? That's all crazy. It, all that's crazy. It.
1: And so, look, um, it, it, I, I would love to know if there is a team
2: that's more entwined with the city.
1: You know, I, The I only know one I can think of is maybe
2: Green Bay because, you know, they actually do own the team. Yeah, and so and and the stadium sits in the middle of a yeah. Na- neighborhood. Yeah, so th- that's maybe as close as it gets. But maybe I don't Pit- think they and have maybe the same Pittsburgh,
1: love. And maybe I've never spent any real time in Pittsburgh, so I can't really speak to that. I, I do know that I've been in airports at the same time the Steelers were playing in a couple different cities, and I'm like, holy smokes! Am I, yeah, did I land in Pittsburgh by there mistake? You go. Um, so
2: maybe Pittsburgh. Those ugly damn towels everywhere. Everywhere. Ugh.
1: What about your Cowboys? <laughs>
2: Don't, not my Cowboys. Please don't ever I don't know, associate me the with there. the Cowboys. This is not Cowboy <laughs> Blue, please. Don't, don't, don't make me barf, please. Yeah. Uh, we, we all know how I feel about the Cowboys, who, by the way, still haven't won a playoff game.
1: Oh, by the way. Yeah. Sure
2: haven't. Uh, yeah, they watched all these playoffs from their couch.
1: Real quickly before we get out of here, we've got to talk about it. The Phoenix Suns. Oh, by the way, all we do is win.
2: All they do is win, 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 no matter what. They've got an 18-game winning streak and an 11-game winning streak in the same season. You've got Monty Williams, who's going to be the all-star coach for the Western team. Uh, And when we were first talking, we weren't sure if Chris Paul and Devin Booker had made the all-star roster. If they don't make the all-star roster, they've got to change the way they go about the business of bringing in all-stars because there is no way you can have a team at the top of that conference, a loaded Western conference, and not have those two guys representing that team.
1: A loaded Western conference that this team is running away from. You know, we talked about Tom Brady winning 70% yeah. of the Super Bowls. The Suns are winning at an 82% clip.
2: They're making it look easy, Mike. I mean, Chris Paul looked so relaxed last night at the end of the game, and you're talking about a Brooklyn Nets team that was is actually considered one of the the, the – the favorites to win a championship. Now, granted, there's no Kevin Durant. Sure. And you had Kyrie, who's the part-time player, who, you know, they are on the road. But, look, they're playing the teams that are in front of them, and they're winning those games that are in front of them. I don't care who or what is not on the other team. If you continue to do that, they're going to find themselves as the number one seed again, they're, and they're going to find themselves back in the NBA Finals They're up against to
1: win 68 games. In this regular season, that's the insane. one thing that I don't know. And and look, I'm not an NBA general manager. I don't play one on TV. But they're talking about the trade deadline coming up, and what can the Suns do to improve themselves?
0: I, do you no, do anything? No. they're so deep. No, what would yeah. you do?
1: No, there's, there, there, there's no there's no glaring no. like oh you need that you must get this. no you know oh, granted you're winning you know 82 of your games but you got to get this no what I worry about is if you think you're because at 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 this point if if James Jones makes any Trades, yep. It would be cosmetic. It would be tinkering, and I worry about busting the chemistry
2: up. Yeah, I mean, you maybe look at the bottom of the roster, number fourteen, number fifteen, for for you know. Even that,
1: man. I'm like salary
2: cap. If it know, ain't broke, yeah, don't fix it. I, I'm with you. I, I, there, there wouldn't be anything that I would do, but I think that you're going to see some big time movement around the NBA. It may not be oh, yeah. the Phoenix Suns, but I'm so interested to see what the Philadelphia 76ers do with Ben yeah. Simmons, a guy that is paying $19 million not to play mm-hmm. and not to be coached by Doc Rivers. Yeah, I mean, that makes no sense to me whatsoever. Yeah. Like, no, how no, does that work? You got a guy who's a perennial defensive player of the year candidate, a guy that's an all-NBA type player, and you can't trade him away? Uh, wh- what are we talking about?
1: Can I say one thing before we get out Please. of here? Bismack Biombo.
2: Gotta love that name. Did I do it right? Bismack Biombo. Nailed, yep. Nailed it.
1: I love it. You know how I know that? Why you know that? Vince Murata put it. A- a pronunciation guide on Twitter. Gotta love it. Something Shout to out that. to Vince, man. It's like, thank you very much, Vince. Yeah, appreciate it. You helped make the podcast better today. All right, we'll step aside here before the Suns win
2: another game. And I love I love the fact that they're so angry that they didn't win last year. Because, you know, usually teams that don't win kind of go the other way. They kind of go the other way. And and this team, they're, they're blowing that out of the water.
1: Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, absolutely. Sorry. Sean, the Chiefs, they didn't win it last year. And they didn't make the Super Bowl this year. Whoops. How do you feel about that? It's a pretty good league, man. On the other side, we'll do. They didn't make the playoffs, though. <laughs> pumped breaks mm-hmm. and dad jokes. You got your glasses ready? I got He's got ready. his shirt ready. You got yeah. a shirt, yeah, but you got to have the glasses. Somebody asked me, does he really wear glasses? I said, for that, he does. <laughs> That's coming up next on Trainer Gross. Yeah. Kind of a long podcast today. Thanks for hanging in there.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think we've been fairly entertaining, though. I mean, there's been a lot of good stuff that we've covered. Oh, we've covered a lot of territory, a lot of good stuff.
1: But this is what people tune in for.
2: That's right.
1: Pump the brakes and dad jokes.
2: That's right.
1: Sean Crespin, the floor is yours.
0: you You guys know how this works. If you're joining us for the first time, I'm going to give you guys statements. I want you to tell me if you're pumping the brakes on that statement or you're rolling with it. All right? It's that easy. We talked an awful lot about the Brian Flores lawsuit. Uh, and we touched on the portion of it where, if Steven Ross was offering $100,000 per loss, mm. if that is proven true, the only thing you can do is the league is remove him as an owner. Pump the brakes or
2: not? No, don't pump the brakes, because you're 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 jeopardizing the integrity completely of the NFL. In my opinion, that's worse than Pete Rose. And I will go. I'll even go a step further. If they can prove what. Hugh Jackson talked about with Haslam. Yeah. I think he needs to be gone, too. If he's got checks, he's got stubs or, or some sort of paper trail that he accepted money to throw games, he's got to go, too. Because what's the difference in him and Steven Ross? Yep. One right. happened a few years earlier. It's still the same thing. You're still trying to uh, circumvent the rules in order to get your way. No. They both got to go.
1: I'm right there with you. You know, you the, the ownership group in the National Football League and it's so hypocritical in so many different words. Woo. And we, we hear them toss the protect the shield thing around all the time. Dude, if this is true, you're damaging the shield from inside, from in the owner room at yeah. 32. The other thing, too, and you asked the question, and it's a good one, how do you get to it? How do you change this stuff? Well, how do you impact this? Is uh, if uh, tax law. Like, did, did they hand him a stack of hundred thousand hundred dollar bills and say, yeah, here's, how'd that, how'd here's your work? bonus"?
2: Right, how that work? There's a trail somewhere. Right,
1: there's a trail, and somebody's if somebody got paid, guess what? Well, and this Uncle league, Sam needs to get and paid. And this
0: league is now accepting an awful lot of money from these different gambling yeah. sites as well, the DraftKings and stuff. And now you're going to have this questionable. Integrity of your game from your from an ownership from root? the ownership. If this is proven to be true, you, I don't know. You, say, you said it. It's worse than Pete Rose. It's way worse than Pete way Rose. worse than Pete Rose. Yeah, way it, worse than Pete. Rose. And there's
2: no time limit on doing the right thing.
0: No, hundred percent, hundred percent. Washington is now the Washington Commanders. What are they? Commanders. So it's like they went in commando. Pump the who? Pump the. Pump the brakes or not? <laughs> uh, I'll, take, I'll take this. Pump the brakes, or, okay. Pump the brakes or not? They should have just stayed the Washington football team. If this is what they're gonna give us, we'll get to that in a second.
1: What team did you play for here in Denver? Or in, up, in Arizona, the Cards. What was the team up in in, uh, in Denver? The
0: Bronx.
2: Right. What's the team in uh, Washington right now? The Commies. Every name gets shortened. Every like two syllable name You're gets right. shortened. So now they're the commies. The, the, the Washington commies. In the heart, the capital of democracy, you've got the Washington commies. <laughs> you had two years to come up with the name, and you came up with the Commanders. Mm-hmm. A so three-syllable do... nickname. <laughs> Let's go, Commanders. It don't even... No, that don't even <laughs> – that's, that's longer than the clap. Like, that's longer than a – Clap, 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 clap. Commanders. <laughs> co- commander. But no. to answer your question – Awful. You stay the with the Washington
1: football team – It actually grew on It me. was growing on me. Me too. Yeah. It, it kind of has that – and I'm not it. a soccer fan, but it yeah. has that soccer feel to it. Very much so. And so they should have just kept that. Mm-hmm. Their big announcement today should have been, after a lot of research and listening to our fans, we are remaining – the Washington Football Team,
2: but you know this still, even as bad as it is, it still isn't the worst nickname that they that the NFL has come up with. That still belongs to the Houston Texans because they had a whole year and a half, and that's they surveyed true. the entire city. That's true. And they came up with the
0: Houston Texans. Well, that's, and there, I mean, there's a lot of names that because they have history, we just accept them.
2: But I mean, come on, Packers. No, but the but okay, you're in Houston, Texas. The Houston Texans. Th- that that you you could have done that the first day. You could have just come <laughs> up with that on your own. Why even why, why even, even survey?
0: Do, yeah, do a thing, yeah.
2: If you're gonna survey for 18 months right. and you still come up with the Houston they Texans, they should have just
0: done what Cleveland did and brought back the Oilers.
2: Well, didn't it wasn't the, when <laughs> the Cowboy, I mean? when the Cowboys
1: moved to Dallas? Weren't they the Dallas Texans? They yes, were the, from Kansas so City. They were yeah. The, yeah, so basically yeah. they lifted the name from the Cowboys.
0: I don't, I don't. Late. Well, it was no, no, no. See, so yeah, you're you're right. The, the Kansas City Chiefs were the Dallas Texans.
1: Well, so I knew there was a Texans yes, name out way. there. Yes. It went that yes. way. Yeah, so they lifted yeah. it either they way. Left and yeah. Yeah. So, you,
0: however it came about, no. It, it, yeah, it's, it's just it's 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 awful. Ridiculous. Uh With what we spoke about, with the quarterbacks in the AFC and how stacked that is. Yep. Pump the brakes or not, the the Mahomes Reed Chiefs. When it's all said and done, we'll still be at one Super Bowl.
2: Uh pump the brakes. I still think they got one left. I don't know if they're gonna they're gonna have to go on the road to get one. They're not gonna have five straight conference championships at home. Right. But I look at the core of this team. You still got Kelsey. Still got Tyree Kill for now. You still got Patrick Mahomes because that
0: Mahomes contract is going to is that's going to start looking like the picture in Back to the Future, where his family members are disappearing. Yeah, that well, contract's going to be that okay. picture. So
2: you're going to start losing the Chris Jones. You're going to start losing the the, the, the Frank Clarks. Maybe even a Tyron Matthews. Mm-hmm. But I still think if you have those three guys and you can fill in the blanks with defensive guys, you got to have a strong defensive coach. Now, I don't know if, if I think this
0: was their best team. This year, I th- was because th- the defense came together the way it did, I think this year was the best team they've had in the Mahomes Reed era, and they didn't
2: get it done. Oh, I think it was, See, I disagree. I think it was the 18 team that lost to the Patriots. I think that yeah, was the best Yeah, when D team. Ford was offsides. That's, the, Ugh, that's brutal. Offsides, man. Yeah. I tell my guys all the time look, don't be D Ford, because no. he cost himself two Super Bowl rings. Yeah. Because they would have beat the Rams in that Super Bowl. Yeah. And he went to the San Francisco 49ers and lost to and the he Chiefs. He sure did. Yeah. So he lost two rings in one, one offsides. Mm-hmm. I hate to give Brilliant. you
1: credit, Sean Crespin, but I think your Back to the Future reference is spot on with this Chiefs team right now. So whether or not this was it or not, it's getting close. You know the picture I'm talking yeah, about right now. I know right? exactly the what the you're talking about.
0: The people around him are fading away. Oh, yeah. yeah. That contract's going to do that to his roster. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. It, it, it's coming. It, you know, it's coming.
2: And it's coming on the defensive side. But those three guys aren't leaving. Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey and, and Patrick Mahomes and they ain't going and, nowhere. And Reed's
0: there too. And Reed ain't going nowhere. So awesome I'm just coach. saying they're right. going to be all right. So Gross, are you pumping the brakes on it? No. Or are you? So you said my my statement is they'll end this with one Super Bowl. Are you pumping the brakes on it? No, them? not
1: yet. Because I mean you you can't you can't sleep on Patrick Mahomes as a quarterback. All right, so you are pumping. So I'm not pumping the brakes. No, you Still, are. You are, pump you are the pumping. Brakes. I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> <laughs> you lost me. You lost me at Back to the Future. Uh, wow, it's
0: a great movie though. It's it a is. great movie. Um, so Cincinnati, I don't know if you guys saw this this week. Cincinnati is closing their public schools. I so love the this. Monday after the I Super so love Bowl, this story. which is the greatest thing I've ever heard in my I life. So love by the way, story. So pump the brakes or not. The NFL just needs to make Super Bowl Sunday, Super Bowl Saturday.
2: Oh, no. Pump the brakes on that. I, I think I think President Biden should make it a national holiday the day after the, day the Super after. Bowl. Right. It's, the least pro- it's been proven it's the least productive day at work Has for to be. everybody in right. the United States. Right up there with day one of the nobody tournament. Nobody right? wants to work yeah. after the Super Bowl.
1: My fellow Americans, <laughs> I can fix this. All right. Elect me your president and I will fix this. You would get elected just How for How many people
0: would vote for you just for you that? You get my vote.
1: Play the Super Bowl <laughs> uh, on the Sunday before President's Day. You wow. already have a holiday in February. Wow. The NFL has now taken upon themselves to play into February anyway. anyway. Two weeks into it this year. So you've got one more week, and you've got a built-in holiday. Yeah. yeah. That being said, genius move by the schools and Cincinnati. Amazing. I'm all in. Clap, yes. clap, clap, clap for them. But you can fix this. I will fix this. Vote for me, and it will be a holiday. How
0: great is that if you're a kid that you're going to school, and you're like, I don't got to go to a class tomorrow. I can need- get all up into this game and you know what i mean like how great
2: is that i mean it's great because you don't have to come up with a lie because most yeah. of the people that don't go there they're just lying about right. why they're not there anyway right <laughs> it's just some see I was, gonna, I was gonna do my homework
0: but then uh this thing you know yeah, yeah. the super yeah. bowl all right. yeah mm-hmm. all right um b train actually supplied this one for our pop, our pop culture portion of pump the brakes today as i go to my let me go to my pictures here because i took a picture of it um it appears as if mcdonald's is going to sell a limited edition six pack of candles Mm. and this six pack of candles Mm. is going to smell like the ingredients of their famous quarter pounder so we're talking about ketchup Mm. pickle cheese onion Mm. and beef So pump the brakes or not. If I was to buy both of you a a set of the limited edition candles from McDonald's, the first one you're lighting
2: is pickle. (laughs) That's true. That's probably the only one because I don't eat the other ones. I don't eat cheese and I don't eat red meat. Uh I'm trying
1: to think of me going, hey, uh, can
2: we light up that beef candle, please? (laughs) But no, like, can you imagine like, if... if, You you eating ice cream and you're also smelling ketchup candle. <laughs> ketchup, get out of here. Yeah. No the way. onion.
0: Who's lighting the onion one? Oh god, is everybody's it, crying. Like the, the beef <laughs> might actually smell. Is there a secret sauce one? No, no there please. is a. Again, no, they're gonna be no. uh, ketchup, pickle, cheese, onion and beef beef maybe you light a couple together maybe the onion and the beef (laughs) you have to if you're going to get
1: this don't you have to just light them all together yes yes it goes back and hey look bless your heart mcdonald's but it goes back they're copying off of kentucky fried chicken fire logs we we all we
2: all have the fire don't
0: no no i think you do there's a fire log i'm the only one you're patty
2: labelle brother on your own (laughs) (laughs) okay all right (laughs) Mm That's it. Uh, so, Gross, you lighten the pickle first, or you pump pumping the brakes pickle. on it? I don't like pickles. So you're pumping the brakes I don't drink somewhere. pickle juice. Pump the brakes. Pickle juice is actually good for
0: pickle you. Pickle juice is amazing it's for Great for you. cramps. You ever, yeah, I was just going to say that. You're dehydrated, got a cramp, mm-hmm. drink some pickle juice. Got Dan, a head, even if you've got a headache. Dan Manucci's is like, now that I find
1: myself getting older, yeah. I wake up in the middle of the night and drink some pickle juice, it, so the cramps stop. It's public. true,
0: though. It be, and it, put it this way. If you, if you drank a little bit more than you had anticipated, before mm. you go to bed, drink some pickle juice. You'll wake up. Good to go. Wow. It's a true story. Sp- <laughs> Spoken from from experience. <laughs> pump the brakes. Yeah. All right. So now it's time. It is time for our dad joke of the week. Yes. Yeah, courtesy right. of one B train. That is. Uh, he is going to give us his dad joke of the week. Mm-hmm. He's going to get, no matter what, one of those. Now, our grading system, if it's a quality dad joke, <laughs> you'll hear some laughter, yeah. both from us and the canned laughter. Yeah. Uh, if it's above and beyond, we're all going to tell our friends. But there is that uh, there is that chance that we hit him with one of those. I ain't no chance. I've hit it like three times. Ain't no talking about.
2: chance. Twice, and I still hadn't forgotten.
0: <laughs> so glasses are on, my friend. Glasses Take it away.
2: On. All right. <clears throat> what do you call a woman who's really good at darts?
0: <laughs> what are you laughing already? The, the buildup. I can't <laughs> okay, help myself. Right. Hang on. Hang on. Reset. All right, reset. Rewind. 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 All right, All right here, we, here go.
2: we go. What do you call a woman who's really good at darts? What do you call him, B Train? Amy. <laughs> That's pretty good. That's pretty good.
0: That's pretty good. That was good. That was damn good. Right up there with his shirt today. Right up there with his shirt. And you know, just in case of people at home can't see it. I get it. Uh, you, Amy. Get it? you get it? says i would tell a joke about pizza but it's cheesy (laughs) signed dad signed (laughs) that's my favorite part signed dad signed amy oh man
1: Mm. i get it amy
0: because you're aiming you get it gross when you throw
1: it. oh thanks for hanging in there episode 62 oh. of training gross <laughs> I think it's episode 62 and 63 together <laughs>
0: you're right we should do like
1: they do on Netflix we'll see, we're gonna put half of it up yeah and then we'll drop the next in, half later in the huh? middle
0: of the podcast it pops up a sign are you still watching oh my god yes
1: <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I put the old, let's go out to the kitchen. Yeah. Let's go.
2: Wow. But
1: anyway, thanks for following, or please follow us on Twitter. That's right. At Training Gross. That's right. And we'll see you next time.
2: We'll holler.